Thank you for joining us this evening here at church and online and uh, just praising God that you're joining us this evening as we continue on our journey, the discipleship journey. And uh, we're going to be building on tonight a few more steps uh, for you all to, to write down and follow and we'll build on this again as we continue down the discipleship journey, we're just taking it, I kind of see it in my mind as I go down this, it's just layers. We go very, you know, very uh, fundamental, uh, but then go into much more in depth on some of the very specifics that are going to help you mature in your, your faith and you mature in your walk with Christ. And not only um, your relationship with Christ, but also your relationship with one another. And tonight we will do the same thing. Tonight we're calling, or at least I'm calling it, a biblical practice. And, uh, and biblical practicing uh, is something that you must understand that it means you have to put effort. <laughs> you must do the work uh, in this biblical practice. You have to do the practice. Someone cannot practice for you uh, to, a, to, a, to run your race. You must uh, there could be some that are going to run beside you, encourage you, and kind of push you. And if you've ever run a race before, and you feel like you're not going to make that mile, the rest of that mile, or five mile, or ten mile, whatever you run, um, you someone pacing you and someone coming alongside you that you can run behind, or someone's right behind you to kind of give that nudge. It's the same thing in our walk here with Christ. Is that we've got the Holy Spirit there, just really being there just to be the accountability of saying, keep going, keep going, keep going. But it's really incredible when you're surrounding yourself with godly people who will encourage you when you feel like you're going to not want to finish that last lap. And we want to, as we see in the scripture, to finish well in our race and with Christ. And we want to do it well. And so we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so tonight, as we take a look at this, we're going to take a scripture here tonight out of Luke chapter 6, verses 39 through 49. And it kind of brings across this, but we're going to talk about this biblical practice because that biblical practice achieves something. Not only finishing the race, but achieves lasting biblical change in your life. When you practice something and continue to practice it, it will bring long-lasting change so that you have no fear or anxiety over going back to the old life, to go back to the old ways before you gave your life to Christ. And so it's important you and I practice truths that God reveals to you and the truths that he continues to reveal to me as I study the scriptures and, and, and where I'm at my maturity level in regards to my walk with Christ, yours is going to be different. And so don't expect what God is showing me is what he's showing you <laughs> until you get to a point where you're maturing, where you can actually handle that kind of, of meat to chew on. You know, when you first give your life to Christ, you're just drinking milk and that's good. It's right. You just want to stay there. You want to go, get to a point where you're getting some solid food uh, into your diet of, of that. And so let me give you the two verses from last week, just that, and then we'll get into Luke. But if you remember, Hebrews uh, 5.14 talked about that solid food that as you mature, you will start partaking of that solid food. And you'll start practicing because you'll practice um, in, you're in training. And when you're in training, you'll get this sense and understanding and the presence of God in your life 
actually revealing truths to you. And in that training process, you will de you'll develop a, what we call in this maturity of discerning a good from evil. So when you see things that are evil, things that go against the word of God, you pick it up on it really quick. And you, you're not always positive, but you go, something's not right, and you want to check it, and you go back and say, no, I guess that was right, what he said or what she said or, or what I was dealing with. Yeah, that's scripturally. Yeah, I just did not come back. Or sometimes you look at them and go, what that person just said is absolutely, absolutely against the word of God. And, and the, you know, you know it's, it's, uh, it's very blatant to you. And the second one I want you to remember is James 4.17, therefore to... to to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it. It is a sin. When God says, this is right, you need to do it, you don't do it, it is sin. It's not just something, oh, you know, no big deal, I, I'll remember next time. You, you have to recognize that sin when you're blatantly going against what God has already shown you to do. And so these are important things tonight as we take a look at the scripture. But I'm going to have you draw your attention to Luke chapter 6. Verse uh, 39, but actually I'll take 37 because I just really think this is kind of leads into this. Uh, talking about judgment, uh, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Those are really three important key points in just that one verse that you and I must keep an understanding and keep that in the forefront of that. And he gives you a few more here in verse 38. Give and it will be, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over with all... Will, running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now we see Jesus then in verse 39 spoke a parable to them and says, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. It's training. You practice and you practice what your teacher is teaching you. And you'll learn and you'll grow and you'll start perfecting or becoming perfected by the Holy Spirit working in and through you as he reveals the truth of, to you by reading the word and studying the word of God. Verse 41, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see this, the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Verse 43, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a brabble bush. A good man uh, out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. But why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you, you, I will show you whom he is like. 
He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So when we take a look at these verses, you can see a lot of lessons here about the maturing aspect. It should, it should speak to our lives. If you've been walking for some time and been in the word and you've been in fellowship and you've developed a prayer life, and you're studying the word, those things should not be speaking to you of the fact that you need to change about those things. Those things you should be praising God that he has already changing you and you've been practicing those for a period of time. So you're not uh, speaking to that. You're not perfect. Understand that. We're, none of us are perfect, but it's not your normal. It's maybe an abnormal thing that can be just caught and brought back, but that's not to condemn you. It's not to do any of those things other than to recognize that you continue to practice and refine these things that God is showing you. But if you're sitting here looking at that and going, that is me, I, 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 I judge and condemn and do all these kinds of things, then you know you need to be maturing. You need to continue to show up regardless how you feel and keep learning through the scriptures so that the Holy Spirit can do this work in you and desire that work. So as we continue to look at this and continue to look at the scriptures here, James 1 Verses 21 through 25 is a powerful verses as well because biblical change that you, happens in your life pleases and glorifies your Lord. And that what is not only just pleasing the Lord, not just glorifying the Lord, but we must understand that you know, it's more than just correct doctrines you've got memorized. It's not about just the fact that you've read the whole Bible multiple times. But the fact that you know the word of God, the, the, the truths of your, of your faith, but that you're practicing them and actually seeing a biblical change take place in your life mentally, but also out of the words come out of your, out of your mouth and your actions of how you live your life out. And that only can happen if you practice God's word in every area of your life. Let me say that again. That can only happen if you practice God's word in every area of your life. And then you will see this long lasting change take place because of that practice. James chapter 1 verse 21 through 25 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does." So you want to be blessed? Listen and do. And keep practicing and practicing until you get that to a point where it becomes who you are. It's just this, it's that, uh, I think they call it, if I remember correctly, um, muscle memory. You practice something long enough, your, your muscles just react. They know exactly how it should react to every situation you find yourself in. Same thing with your brain. That brain, that muscle must have a muscle memory 
of the word of God and how to respond to the situations you find yourself in that can only happen consistently and persistently over time if you practice it. And when you don't get it right, you don't condemn yourself. You don't condemn someone else who didn't get it perfect. But you sit there and it must be like, as Jesus said, a forgiving soul. A forgiveness of that. I, I got you, man. I know that's not what your normal is. I know your practice. I know you're maturing. I, it's okay. Let me encourage you. Again, someone practicing and encouraging you in the race. It's okay. Let's keep going. Don't give up. Don't turn around. Don't stop. I know you've got a cramp. It was a really bad thing you just did. But that, let's work out that cramp and keep moving. Someone just tripped me up. Okay, I got that. Let's get back up. You fell down. Get back up. Let's start running again. Just avoid those people who trip you up. But you must practice. And you must do those things. So your practice in a, for this long-lasting biblical change that we keep talking about, we're going to talk about another step here, step 30, if you're keeping track. I'm keeping track because I want to make sure I keep track of some of the key things I want you to learn. But starting this race results in the change results. You must remember where you have fallen from. So this, this remembering where you came from is only good in the fact that how far you've run away or gone away from that. Where you repented and you're no longer, that's no longer who you are. Those things you used to do, you no longer do those works, those deeds. And when you first receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Even verse 5. But you have to come back as you're running the race. You have to remember if you've fallen down, you trip up, or something's happened that's kept your eye off of the Lord, you need to sit there and say, hey, the reason why you're not, things are not going well in this race, and you've stopped running the race because you just said, I'm just done with this thing, because you're tired and you're frustrated, you have to remember your first love. Remember the day of your salvation. You must remember that. In step 30, you must continually remember the day of salvation when you gave your life to Jesus Christ and acknowledged the lordship of Jesus and made a commitment to be a doer of the word. Now, let me emphasize a point that I, I had to write this down because sometimes you give your life to Christ because of some kind of emotion and your low point in your life and those kinds of things and, and tremendous loss. But you really haven't made a commitment to make sure Jesus Christ is your Lord. That master makes, makes the decisions for your life. You're a servant. You just follow the Lord, whatever he wants you to do, wherever he wants to do, however you want to do it. You don't have a say as, as a servant to our Lord. And so we must come back to the fact that you acknowledge at some point in your life, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. And you have to remember that. And you must come back to that quickly if you find yourself at a point where you want to give up or you find yourself falling down, tripped up, and you need to get back up. Because if you are merely a hearer and not a doer of the word of God, you're not going to make it. You're, going to, you're not going to make it. You're going to find yourself... Uh, as Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 talks about, you will be just foolish. And you don't want to be foolish. 
in your walk with the Lord. You want to, to do what God's called you to do. And not only you can be foolish, but we even learned this on Sunday about being spiritually deluded. There, you, you, you just lost your salt. It's no longer salty. Your light is no longer bright. You're dimmed out. You're like almost like you're not even, not even bright at all, giving out a glow about you. So you'll be spiritually deluded that we saw, and that's James 1.22, and you'll be spiritually immature, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still cardinal. You're still living like you're in the flesh. You're still living like in the world. That's carnality. It's not good. It's bad. It's really bad. When you're sitting there giving your life to Christ, but you continue to live like the world and in your flesh, and you think that that is bad as carnality. And it says, for where, for where they are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You know, that is, those, that's a strong verses right there when you find yourself in a position like that because you're not growing. You just want to suck on some milk. So little, give me a little of this, give me a little of that, give me the music and I'll be fine. Well, that's a great if you're a brand new believer, but you should grow and mature and start eating solid food if you really think you're going to last on this race. You don't have the meat on board, the protein, you're not going to make it. You're going to be depleted. And you'll just go right back into the flesh and you'll act and you'll res respond like you're in carnality. You'll be just like mere men where you're just envying and striving and causing divisions among you because you don't have a forgiving spirit. You're, not, you're judging and you're doing all these other things that are going on as we read in for James and also back in Luke. But that is, that is the starting point. Step 30. You must understand to remember your acknowledged lordship of Jesus Christ. You go back to your first love to remember that you received the Lord Jesus into your life. That is where it starts. But then don't stay there. If you are, you're going to be just foolish, immature, deluded Christian. And that's not where you want to be. You started the race, but you didn't finish the race. And that's what uh, that step 31 is all about, continuing. How do you continue? Yeah, okay, that's how I started, but how do I continue? Well, that's why I said step 31 is to continue this process of biblical change that we learned last Wednesday. It's a process that you have to understand. Where are you in the process? And when you're discipling someone else, you have to kind of look at their lives and listen to the words and see their actions and things and say, where are they in their walk or in the process of maturing? Have they fallen, stopped? Have they gone back? Are they going back to just milk, pure milk? Are they, are they really continuing the word in a prayer life? Are they wanting to be in fellowship? Are they have, you know, do they desire to do it? Or are they just being made to do it? So these things you have to kind of examine, but you must faithfully practice these daily responsibilities as a Christian. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16 speaks to this. Not only do you have to practice daily responsibilities, but you have to discipline yourself toward godliness. Yes, you must discipline yourself toward godliness. 
Ephesians 5, uh, 15 and 16, I'll give it to you because I just I wrote it down here to say it. And it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't waste your time. Redeem it. Make it purposeful. Make it, make it count toward the kingdom. Don't and look circumspectly. Examine the things that are going on and kind of see and look and see so that you know how to move forward because you don't want to be a fool anymore. You want to be wise about the things that are going on. 1 John 3, 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. And so, you know, you watch someone do it and they're practicing righteousness. They are righteous. They're righteous people. These are people growing and maturing in Christ. If they're not, then they can't say, oh, I'm a righteous person. Because they're not maturing. They're, they're, their actions don't, don't line up with what the scripture says. So you must, and we must all be faithfully practicing our daily responsibilities and disciplining yourself toward godliness. And as you continue to be a doer, not just a hearer of the word of God, then your senses will be trained to discern that good and evil that we talked about. But the spiritual growth is a sovereign work of God that he's trying to do in your life. We see that in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. We see this in Philippians. Uh, Philippians 1.6 is being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm not kidding you. That is probably one of the solid verses that helped me through those first six months of being saved. That God, I, someone told me, I don't know what, where it is in the Bible, but someone told me that God has started a good work in me and he's going to be faithful to complete it. And he's going to do the completion of that. So it gave me just that, that little bit more edge of, okay, keep going. Keep going. I don't know what all this is all about. I can't even figure out what, how many Bible, you know, books are in the Bible still. I don't know where to look it up. And then it feels silly. And I don't want to sing yet. And all kinds of craziness goes into your people's head when they first get saved. But that verse was very pertinent to me that I had confidence doing what I was doing because God is going to start a good work in me and he is going to complete it. Hold on to that when you feel weak. Going for the next lap. Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So he works this in your life. But if you don't even believe that, or you don't even understand that, just know that's what the word says. The word says it, and I believe it. Even though me personally, I'm not sure if I'm really there yet to understand it and believe it. But God's word says it. I, I trust God's word. That encouraged me in my early walk. Hebrews chapter 12, verse, just the first part of two, uh, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He started that work in me. And he is faithful to complete that work in me regardless of how I feel. I don't know about you, but that should be encouraging to you. That you have the greatest coach ever to give you to help you to run that race. Knows exactly what to say to you and I when things don't seem to go well in our walk and our race in, for Christ. 
that something just, oh, something just, I just, I feel dry. I'm not getting enough water, enough oxygen. Something's not right. We have the greatest coach to tell us exactly what to do and correct to make sure we continue that, that race. Are you listening to your coach? That's the question. <laughs> That's the question, right? Are you, are you just here or are you actually applying to what God is telling us through the word of God? That's the question. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Now may the Lord, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So be it. God, so be it that you're doing a complete work in me that I am in your will consistently daily. I'm just seeking after your will. Not my will, but your will be done. As it is in heaven. It's amazing when you just keep it simple, my brothers and sisters, that you will understand that God has a sovereign work that he wants to do in your life if you let him. And if you will apply with what he says, because it's divinely linked to your living in a biblical manner. If you want to live biblically, you must understand that is linked to the sovereign work of God. And together, he's going to coach you through this. He's going to bring you through this if you're listening and will do. Which will bring you to the th step 32, which is maturing. You will find yourself maturing in Christ. It says, and in order to mature or grow up in Christ, you must preserve or persevere in doing what is good in the Lord's sight. That step is, is, is absolutely critical. That you and I must continue to persevere on this race. That you and I will continue to, to do what is good in the Lord's sight by being obedient to the scripture. By being obedient to the scripture. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Pretty simple. It's not complicated. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not a waste of your time. This is not something you let the enemy get into your head and say, what's this Christian thing all about? I, why would I even waste my time? I, I don't have any fun. I'm not going to be able to do this. And what is it really going to change? Why would he love me? And, and All these things that go on in your head when you allow the enemy to get in there or you go back into your own head and, and kind of think the way you used to think. It'll make you squirrely. <laughs> in regards to in your mind. But you have to know what the scripture says. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If you do not quit. Don't lose heart. It's not easy to run the race. 
It takes effort, consistent effort over time. Reading my devotional, I'm reminded many times in my devotional and the teaching there of uh, Oswald Chambers. <laughs> Today's devotion was pretty cool because it's not about some doing some great thing for God that pleases God. It's being consistently doing what he's called you to do in the drudgery of life. The, the simple things of life that he's called you to do in your, in your, in your walk. That is what pleases him, is our consistency and perseverance in doing those small things. And yes, eventually, if you're faithful in the small things, he will give you even greater things for that, to accomplish and for his kingdom. But that's part of the maturing. That's part of this steps 32 is in order to mature, to grow up, we must be persevering through this by being obedient to the scriptures instead of living according to the self-centered feelings and self-centered desires to have things the way you want them. And continuing to press forward to that high calling in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 4.1, of Philippians 3.12 through 14. We must discipline. Must discipline your thought life you must bring those thoughts under control, under captivity in Christ. And not only discipline your thought life, but you must speak in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord and that's helpful to others. That is faithfully loving others in a biblical manner. And how important that is. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Do not... Love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 16 is the definition of worldliness. Verse 17, and the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. How important and how critical it is as we take a look in your maturing in your life here with Christ. You're not to focus on yourself, not the self-seeking gratification of your life and what the world offers you or what you would like to get from the world. But what the, what the father is offering you to his son, you or daughter, and said, this is what I have for your life. I've got a sovereign work I'm doing in your life, and this is the purpose I have for you until I take you home. And he reveals it day by day what that may be. But so many times we're not faithful in loving others in a biblical manner. We're not faithful in speaking in a manner that is helpful to others. And many times we do not discipline our thought life in our, as we walk because we're so focused on ourselves and focused on pleasing others and man pleaser versus God pleasing. And so what happens is, is we do not focus on the on. The things of God, but we focus on the things of the physical nature, the physical or the immediate results that we want to get from our life to achieve what we are feeling like we want. 
those are the emotional responses, the immediate desires and gratification of the flesh. That's the carnality we talked about in the beginning that we have to fight against. We can't allow that to control our lives. So we do not focus on the physical or the immediate results. Instead, we focus on the eternal. We focus on the eternal values in order to mature in Christ. Is this of God? And I want to be obedient and to be in the will of God because if you're obedient to the, word, the scriptures, the, the, the word of God, then you will be in his will. And we'll find that you'll have eternal value, not just the immediate gratification and worldly value. And how important it is that we grow to a point where we learn and listen and learn to that, that, to that in regards to a consistency or per, a perseverance in that race that we're running. And what that will do is it will bring, obviously, glory to God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. And we will be to please the Lord in all things. We will please the Lord in all things. And that is, again, an emphasis that we, I want to bring up around. But as you practice and practice and practice and get these things where you're just, come, it's just, it's your nature. It's who you are. It's a Christ-like nature that the God is doing in your life. And you allow the work of God in your life to do that. Then what happens is, is the fruit will bear in itself. It will be a love coming from you that it doesn't matter who it is that comes across your life, it's, there's just a sense of love that comes from you and not a, self, a, a, a focus of, self, of selfishness or those kinds of other things or worldliness, trying to blend into the world. We won't be able to get into a whole lot for tonight, but I'm, next week I'm going to really emphasize a couple of key things, and that's the difference between tests and, and, and temptations. Because many people do not understand or understand the difference between a test or a temptation. And there is a complete difference in those two things. And, there's a, and I will talk about God's tests and the difference of those who are ungodly, who bring or Satan himself or the demonic forces bring the temptations in your life. And we'll be going back and we'll get into that depths of that. Uh, next week for sure but I'll give you just a few verses here for you to follow along with because I think this is important for you to to catch here um, Proverbs 14 12 there is a way that seems right to a man but it ends but its end is the way of death I think that's a most profound proverb of wisdom that is can really hone in on some of the things that you're maybe you're discipling someone right now and they're always saying well i think i think i think i think or this is what i believe in it's always that sense of this is where i've learned it from the world or from other people in the world but how important it is that it always seems right to the man i thought it seemed right but the question is it just led to just destruction, <laughs> death, and because and, it went against the word of God. And uh, how many times has that happened? That it's not the result that you wanted. But once you've learned that lesson, made that mistake in, in your practicing, Make the correction and keep pressing forward. 
Keep pressing forward. Colossians, I think, I, I'm not sure if I read verses, uh, referenced it, but let me read verses 1 through 3 again. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of, on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That speaks so much of a changed life. And how important it is, as, as it's in John 4, how let, let us love one another. For love is God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. That's how we have a life. Verse 10, 1 John 4, 10. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He paid to re release us from the, the, the prison of, as a prisoner of sin. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then skip down to 1 John 4.20. And if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? That's where we'll get to a point when your lives, as you mature and grow, you will learn to just love people, desire to serve people, to give to people. You will, you will, you will die of self in many all these different situations versus going, I'll do it if it's convenient, if it's for me. No, you will die and you'll go against your flesh and you will serve and do what God's called you to do to serve him and to serve others. That's when you know you're maturing. That's when you know in practical that you're doing and practicing the things that God is showing you in the scriptures and you're not just being a hearer and you just don't just know doctrine. You're actually applying it and it's resulting in fruit from your life that God is bearing in your life called love. The fruit of the Spirit. And we will see, when that happens, you will have resistance. <laughs> Satan's going to, not demonic forces is not going to like it. That you are actually maturing and growing and you continue to run that lap after a lap. And your end, you're going to finish well. Don't, don't think you're not going to be tempted. And through that race, I think of it as I think of a race, sometimes we think of a track. But being an old cross-country uh, runner, I think of it as a cross-country race. Because it's not simply going around a track. You actually are going up and down hills and through the woods and over rivers and slippery things. And you're bumping. And if you've ever been a cross-country race or seen it, you'll understand. It is a, not an easy race. And the, the, everything changes on you. And so that's why I always see a cross-country race when I always say, you run your race uh, and finish well. 
because there's so many tests that can come your way to test you, especially at the, that 5K race and you're at the, the last half mile and that last part of the race is uphill. <laughs> it feels like, oh, I'm not going to make it up this hill and it's slippery, right? But God says, no, it's just a test. Are you, gonna be, are you just going to take the hill like I've asked you to do it? Just go, regardless how you feel.